Welcome to Sightseeing Japan, the podcast where we explore the land of hot spring bathing monkeys. I'm Paul Bresson. And I'm Jason Neeling. And today our topic is onsen, which is essentially a Japanese hot spring. But that word isn't super precise, is it, Paul? No, it can also refer to other things, such as a traditional inn that has a hot spring attached to it. Yeah. The word could refer to specifically the actual hot spring itself, the water coming out of the ground, or it could talk about a bath that uses water from that hot spring. Kind of one of those words that you just have to figure out based on context. Yeah. And onsen, Japanese hot springs, are all over the place in Japan. Paul, did you know there are over 3,000 hot springs in Japan? Yes. And I'm talking about the hot springs themselves, the, the sources of water coming out of the ground. Do you know how many hot spring baths there are? 28,000. Exactly. Give or take. <laughs> yeah. I saw <laughs> almost 30,000. So, yeah. Somewhere around there. All right. We're close. Yep, we're close. Yep. <laughs> so, why are onsen so popular in Japan? Because they're amazing. They are. It's basically a natural hot tub. What's there not to like about that, right? Yeah. And they're all over the place. Like we said, we got throughout those numbers. And they are so plentiful because Japan has a bunch of volcanoes, as we have talked about before. A lot of geothermal activity going on in the area. Yeah. And there's a lot of folklore attached to these places, too, because, I mean, imagine a long time ago, people just discovered these things, and they're like, how is this even happening? How is there boiling water coming right out of the ground? It's crazy. It seems like magic. Must be, must be demons. Probably. So onsen... And this time I'm using that to refer to the baths specifically. Those come in all shapes and sizes. You can find them indoors and outdoors. And we're going to cover all those in this episode. Tell you how you can visit one yourself. Talk about the etiquette involved in that experience. And uh, a lot of good stuff. And I just wanted to note that onsen are different from sento, which are public indoor baths in Japan. The keynote being that in onsen, the water is coming from naturally heated sources. Yeah, to be an onsen, it has to be like from a natural hot spring. But at those sento, the public baths, they just heat up tap water. Right. Different thing. Right. All right, let's talk some geology. What is a hot spring? A hot spring is a spring produced by the emergence of geothermally heated groundwater that rises from the Earth's crust. That is correct. That's what the dictionary told me. A plus, Paul. <laughs> yeah, and there are different ways that that water can be heated, but again, in Japan, it's mostly due to its many volcanoes. So rainwater and water from melted snow seep down into the Earth. That's usually where the water comes from, but some hot springs actually have water that's called fossil water, which is seawater, like ancient seawater, it's been trapped underground for thousands and thousands of years. And then just from the shifting of tectonic plates, water can get released from those. So then you're dealing with super old water. That'd be pretty cool to bathe in one of those. Yeah. Anyway, wherever the water comes from, it's going to get heated up. It can be heated directly by magma hanging out under the volcanoes. Or it could be heated indirectly by rocks that have been heated by the magma, or 
you know, non-volcanic hot springs could also just have water that's heated from all that heat coming from the center of the earth, right? Yep. And this heat forces the water up to the surface. Or, Paul, did you know a lot of the hot springs in Japan were actually drilled to release the water? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't always conveniently bubble to the surface exactly where you need it. Yeah. So water comes out, and that water is going to be hot. That's why they call them hot springs. It is often at or near boiling point, so not quite ready to be bathed in yet. That would be painful, probably. And the water can come out super fast, too. Paul, do you know what the highest flow rate hot spring in Japan is? Ooh, can't quote you any numbers. (laughs) The Tamagawa Hot Spring in Akita Prefecture, its flow rate is 150 liters per second. Wow. Yeah, a lot of water. So much water that it actually creates a 10-foot-wide stream. Yeah, yeah, that's like a a river. (laughs) Yeah, and it's always 208 degrees Fahrenheit, Wow, this stream, or 98 degrees Celsius, just below boiling. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's hot. I want to go see this place, like see a, a steaming hot river in the middle of winter. That just sounds surreal. Yeah, right? Yeah. And sometimes, in some places, the water is so hot that it explodes out of the earth and shoots up into the air. What's that called? It's a geyser. Yeah. Japan has those too. Not as famous as the hot springs, but they're geysers you can visit if you're into that. Another interesting thing about this water that pops up out of the ground is that heated water can hold more dissolved solids than cold water. So hot springs often have very high mineral content. They can be all sorts of different minerals. Calcium, lithium, sulfur. It goes on and on. And onsen are often claimed to have all sorts of medical benefits because of these minerals. For a hot spring to be an onsen, actually, Japan has a law. Japanese hot spring law. Oh, what's that? Yeah, the hot spring must meet two requirements. The water must be at least 77 degrees Fahrenheit when it surfaces. Yeah. Or 25 degrees Celsius. And it must contain a certain amount of natural minerals. So anything that's too cool or doesn't have enough minerals, not an onsen. Interesting. I didn't, I didn't know it could be too pure to be an onsen. Yeah. So there you go. That's what a hot spring is. Well, I think we should talk a little bit about the history of onsen in Japan. Let's do it. Let's go way, way I mean, really, way back. Back to a time before humans? Yeah, prehistory, pre-humanity even. I mean, hot springs are natural phenomena, so they've been on Earth even longer than humans have. I wonder how long those monkeys have been taking baths in the hot springs. Oh, yeah, you know, you didn't even explain your, your intro thing. You should, did you? I don't think you No, not that. really. You, we did mention that there are hot springs all over Japan and some places in the mountains where it gets all cold and snowy, there's naturally occurring hot springs and the monkeys just hop right in and just chill out and enjoy not being cold. Yeah, I want to visit that place. I was trying to plan that into my last trip, but... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's just so much to see. Yep. So yeah, uh, the theory is, in Japan, hot springs were discovered thousands of years ago by hunters who followed animals to the springs. Maybe they were monkeys, but they could have been any, any kind of animals because animals would be drawn to these places because 
It's a source of mineral-rich water that they can drink, get whatever minerals they're missing. Or they might head to the hot springs to ease their pain if they're wounded. You know, all sorts of animals like hot springs. And some people think this is why certain animals are seen as messengers of the gods in Shinto mythology. Because they brought people to hot springs? Yeah. And hot springs were these magical places, you know? Interesting. People associated them with the gods. Okay. So it makes sense that people would have started bathing in these hot springs pretty soon after they were discovered, as long as they weren't too hot to uh, be pleasant to bathe in. Yeah. The right ones that were just naturally close enough temperature. Yep. The arrival of Buddhism in Japan during the 6th century helped to solidify onsen in Japanese culture as bathing in the waters of an onsen was considered a way of cleansing the body of sins. Yeah, it was a purification ritual sort of thing. Yeah. And actually, connected to that, did you know many onsen baths that are still in Japan were established by prominent Buddhist monks? No, but that kind of makes sense. It does make sense. Now I want to talk about our old friend Francis Xavier, Christian missionary, guy that brought uh, Christmas to Japan. He had some fun stuff to say about samurai, too, in our samurai episode. And what did he think about Onset? Well, he was horrified. Horrified. That's the word. He was scandalized, can I say? Sure, you can say that. I think I know where he's going on this. Where, Where is he going? Where do you think he's going? I think the fact that women and men bathe together is going to be a problem for Francis. That is very astute of you. But that's not all of it, actually. Oh. There's another element that he was also horrified. What else he got? He was horrified that people were bathing almost every day. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? How is that a problem? 16th century Europeans thought that daily bathing was bad for your health. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that funny? That is funny. (laughs) But the mixed sex bathing, that was, of course, part of it too. And that apparently contributed to the Western idea that Japanese people were uncivilized. Yeah. So these missionaries, you know, they're trying to convert people. And when they managed to convert somebody, they'd be like, okay, so you're down with Jesus. That's great. But dude, you just, you got to stop bathing so much. It's getting ridiculous. But their converts insisted, yeah, I'm I'm not going to do that. And so they actually, the missionaries had to scale it back. They're just like, okay, okay, fine, fine. We can let you bathe as long as you're down with Jesus. (laughs) Compromises. Yeah. But the Japanese people, people that weren't all into the missionary stuff, they saw all these other guys as unhygienic and smelly. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. (laughs) Just thought that's so hilarious that the Europeans are like, what's wrong with you bathing so much? Yeah. But the missionaries left in the 1600s and not of their own accord. Our other old friends, the Tokugawa shogunate, they kicked out the missionaries. So at this point, people were free to bathe in peace without people telling them they're doing it too much. But in this time period, this bathing was segregated by class. So no samurai would dare bathe with a merchant. Ah, I see. Yeah. But eventually these class restrictions were relaxed. And people continued mixed-sex bathing until the 1950s when female Japanese parliamentarians pressured the government to pass laws making separation of the sexes compulsory. That's not everywhere, though. What do you mean? There's still mixed bathing in Japan. Yeah, yeah. It's 
I mean, it's still around, but it's not common. Right. Right. Not common at all. And when they do have mixed bathing, I heard it's going to be like mostly dudes in there anyways. Yeah. Kind of the same as what I've heard about nude beaches. <laughs> yeah. Never been to one, but I, I'd imagine. Yeah. And another part of this was also, I read that influence from the West had a lot to do with that change. So there are a lot of different types of hot spring baths that can be found all over Japan. Often you'll see them concentrated in hot spring towns, but they can be all over the place too. Onsen might be a standalone thing, like you could just have a bath that you go in and pay for and you do your thing and you leave. Or a lot of times onsen are part of a ryokan, a traditional Japanese hotel, or other accommodation. And they route the water from the hot springs to these different bathing facilities, and if necessary, the water is cooled to the appropriate temperature, usually around 105 degrees Fahrenheit. Paul, what can you tell us about different types of baths? Well, my favorite bath is the Rotemburo, the outdoor bath. It's a good one. This is the most traditional form of bath, right? Yeah. Bathing outside really helps you feel connected to nature. Mm Mm-hmm. And they often feature spectacular views. You know, it'll be along a river or in the mountains. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea of an onsen is, is supposed to be a really relaxing place. So a lot of times they put in a lot of effort to making it real pretty. You'll be sitting in kind of a natural setting so you can enjoy the beauty of nature. Yeah, and there are some outdoor baths that are actually natural baths. Like they didn't hollow out a hot tub shaped hole and then divert water to it. Mm -hmm. There are some that the water just actually happens to bubble up like between enough rocks that it creates a bath and it's like a totally natural hot spring bath that you can just dive into. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Especially in winter, like being outdoors in the winter, you're surrounded by snowy trees and stuff. You're sitting in this steaming hot bath. Yeah. It'd be really nice. And then you get out and you cool off quicker and you can get back in. Yeah. What's another type? Well, you could also do indoor baths. Sure. What's an indoor bath going to look like, Jason? Well, you might not have the beautiful scenery of nature to look at. Or you might. Some of them have like big windows so you can actually look outside. But even if you can't see the nature outside, they'll still look pretty nice usually. You know, they want to make it a nice relaxing atmosphere. A lot of times these indoor baths will be made from cypress wood or marble or granite. Fancy. Yeah. Paul, did you read anything about Utaseyu? No. So this is an onsen where there's like a little waterfall. Water splashes down and you can go sit under the waterfall and it gives you a kind of massage. Oh, that sounds relaxing. Yeah. And what if you don't want to get your whole body wet? Maybe your feet are just hurting. Where are you going to go? Well, if you're in a hot spring town, you're probably going to be able to find uh, Ashiyu, which is a foot bath. Mm -hmm. They'll divert hot springs down little canals next to the street that are just, uh, what, four or five inches deep or something. Sure. Just enough that you can uh, dip your feet in. Yeah. And those ones, a lot of times, are free. You can just, whenever you're feeling tired, just step over to the side of the road, take off your shoes and socks, soak your feet a little bit. Sounds nice in like a long travel day of walking around. Totally. 
So another type you can get if you're a little shy is called the Kashkiriburo, ah. which is a private onsen. And these are mostly going to be found just at high-end ryokan, the traditional hotels, or, you know, other high-end hotels, basically. This is actually, I think, the only kind of onsen that I've tried. This was uh, when my fiancé and I went to Jozanke in Hokkaido. We stayed in a, a nice traditional Japanese hotel, and there was a private onsen attached to our room. Like, you go through the bathroom, and attached to the bathroom on the other side is a nice little wooden bath with water from the hot spring. That sounds amazing. It's pretty great. Yeah. Did you hear about the sand baths? Yeah, we talked about that in Beppu, right? In, yeah, I think so. In the uh, Kyushu episode. They heat up the sand with the hot spring water mm-hmm. and then shovel warm sand over you and you just get to lay there entombed in warm sand and it radiates through your whole body. Yeah, it's hard to imagine what that would feel like. Because like, I've been buried in sand before at a beach. Yeah. And I don't really, I'm not really into it. But that, that sand is usually like cold and damp. It just feels kind of gross. Uh, and you just imagine the stuff that's in the sand, you know? I don't know. I don't, but... But I can imagine hot sand feeling pretty good, I guess. Yeah, well, it looked fun. Especially if it, I wonder if it's like really super fine sand, you know? Like the powdery stuff. That could feel nice, maybe. From the video I saw, it didn't look like it, but mm. who knows? Yeah. Gotta go try it. I'll have to do that. So you mentioned earlier about all the minerals that are absorbed by the onsen. Mm -hmm. So there's different types of water for onsen baths too. And there's a whole bunch of them. A couple of the ones I found more interesting is there's an iron onsen. And it's, of course, rust-colored water (laughs) because it's got iron in it. Awesome. And it's supposed to help your body retain heat. Interesting. Somehow iron does that. I don't know. Sure. There's an alkaline onsen, which is suggested for women because it's supposed to add femininity to the bather. (laughs) How do you measure that? You know, old legends die hard, right? Yeah. You know, I did read a little bit. I saw there's the alkaline water and it said like, oh, that's supposed to dissolve dead skin cells. But then I also saw right next to that, they're like, oh, there are also acidic baths that dissolve dead skin cells. Right, right. uh, (laughs) Okay. There's sulfur onsen. Those sound like they smell delicious. They have a distinct smell mm-hmm. uh, described as bad eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, have you ever been to Yellowstone? Yeah. Have you been to those geysers and hot springs and stuff there that are just, they smell very, very strongly. Yes. Yes, I have. I wonder how strong these hot springs smell. Because I did not find that a pleasant smell. No, it's definitely not. But. People are there because it's supposed to help with arthritis. Mm. Sulfur specifically? Yep. Okay. Yep. There's also carbonated water onsens. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> Which are interesting. Little bubbles stick to your skin while you're bathing. Uh-huh. Uh, supposed to help you your body detox. Don't know how air bubbles against your skin are doing that, but maybe. Yeah, I saw that supposedly your skin absorbs the carbon dioxide. Oh, okay. Not sure uh, <laughs> what science has to say about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, there's carbon dioxide in the air every day that our skin could be absorbing. Yeah. But I'm not a scientist. But hey, 
just the nice feeling of all these little bubbles all over your body. I could, yeah. That sounds That fun. sounds awesome. Yeah. Here's the most wild one. I saved it for last. Oh, great. The radium onsen. Why? It's got minuscule levels of radiation in it because it does have radium dissolved in it. Not enough to be dangerous. I should hope not. I mean, radium is super radioactive. Yeah. They're rare and pricey. So I don't know who's paying top dollar to sit in irradiated water, but it's rare, so people will, I guess. I guess. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it is. Some genius salesman. They like tested their water and they're like, it's got radium in it. I know. Ah, we'll still find a way to sell this. <laughs> yeah, it is really interesting. Just the many, many different ways that places try to sell their own scent and differentiate it from other places. Yeah. Like, oh, this water is super special. You need to get in this water. Yeah. <laughs> so we should probably talk about... Uh how to use an onsen or what you're going to do when you're at an onsen. Yeah, because there is a bit of etiquette involved and you don't want to embarrass yourself. Yep. So what is the very first step? Um, Take off your shoes. Before that. Uh, find an onsen. Okay, okay. <laughs> Once you find it, you're going to want to go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I was getting at is there may be an entrance fee. Yeah. So you're going to want to pay that, and that can be anywhere from 200 to 2,000 yen, which is like $2 to $20. But the majority, I would say, are somewhere in the range of 400 to 800 yen, between around 4 to 8 US dollars. It's reasonable. And you might also have to rent towels. They might be included, or you might need to pay a little extra, like 3 to 5 bucks. Okay. And also, usually, soap and shampoo is included, but you may also have to buy that. It all depends where you're going. Or bring your own. Sure. Okay. So, you paid, and you have your towels, and you got your soap and shampoo. What are you going to do now? You're going to go to the changing room. Mm-hmm. There's usually a separate one for men and a separate one for women. And a lot of times, they're indicated by the kanji for male and female, which you might not be able to read. So what are you going to do if you, can't, if you can't read the kanji? Follow someone. Just randomly choose one and walk in there. That's my... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Usually, there's also some other indication because, you know, they know that not everybody visiting can read kanji. So a lot of times you see blue for men, red for women. It's an easy way to tell. And then you're going to take off all your clothes, right, Paul? Yeah, take off all your clothes. <laughs> That's the part that Paul's real excited about. <laughs> And your accessories. If you have like, uh, you know, a watch, necklace, any kind of jewelry stuff, that all needs to come off too. And where are you going to put them? Uh, You're going to put them into your basket. Yeah. Usually they'll have a basket to throw your stuff in. Little cubbies with baskets. Yeah. Or maybe a locker. And you're going to have two towels, right, Paul? Yep. You're going to have a normal sized bath towel and that you're going to leave with your clothes so that you can dry yourself later. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have a small towel. A hand towel. Yeah. And that you can bring with you into the bath. But we're not even there yet, right? We can't, we can't, we're not ready to go to the bath. Nope, but don't forget your small towel. Yeah. Grab your small towel. Where are you going to bring it first? Uh, you're going to bring it to the showers. Yeah. If they have them. Right. Because in Japan, for all types of baths, this applies to those public baths, the sento, this even applies 
when people are taking baths at home in Japan, you don't clean yourself off in the bath. You clean yourself off first, and then you go into the bath to relax and just soak. Yes, and have that makes a little more sense, I think. The reasoning behind it, you mentioned, is to keep the bath water clean. Because even in Japanese homes, they're filling the bath up once and everybody's bathing in the bath. So you, you don't want a, the first person to get the bath all disgusting for everybody else. Mm-hmm. All right. So you go to the shower room and there's going to be rows of showers. And in front of each shower, you're probably going to see a little stool and a bucket. How do you use the stool and bucket, Paul? You sit on the stool. Okay. Not, not on the bucket. Nope. Okay, sit on the stool, got it. You might want to put water in the bucket. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe use that to dump it over your head, wash out shampoo. All right, all right. Get yourself all lathered up. Also, there's a chance that some onsen don't have a shower. And in that case, you would take your wash bowl and grab a little water from the onsen and pour it over yourself to clean off outside. Yeah, so you're going to want soap off, shampoo. Yep, rinse, uh, rinse yourself once you're clean. Make sure to wring out your hand towel because you've probably been using that to scrub yourself a bit. Make sure you get all the suds and soap off of you before you get in the bath. Yes, definitely. So you're going to head to the onsen, the bath, and you're going to be totally naked. You can use your hand towel for a little bit of modesty if you want yep. until you get in. Yep. So there are actually some onsen that will let you wear a towel, but not many. You're usually going to be going in naked. And again, they're almost always segregated men and women. Some places actually will have one bath and they'll just have separate time slots for men and women. That might be a rotation kind of system thing that they do. Yep. And don't be surprised if you see young children of either sex in either side, you know. Yeah. Kids accompany their parent. Be careful getting into the water. Take it slow. Most stone sand are going to be very hot. Mm-hmm. So it takes a while to adjust. Don't just dive right in. Yep. And you're going to sit there and relax and feel all your worries just melt away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And after you've been melting for five to ten minutes, maybe it's time to get out and sit on the rim of the bath so you don't get too hot. I saw that it was recommended to not bathe for more than 30 minutes total, like your time in the water. Like, if you add up all the time that you're spending in the water, it shouldn't be more than 30 minutes. It can be dangerous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, get in and out a few times, cool back off. Mm-hmm. Once you're in the bath, there's a lot of etiquette you want to pay attention to, right, Paul? Yeah. There's the basic hot tub kind of rules. No running, no diving, no splashing or swimming. Even, I mean, some of these onsen, especially the outdoor ones, can be really big. Even if it's big enough to swim around in, that's not what it's for. Yeah. You don't want to be doing that. Don't be swimming laps in an onsen. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So you've got your hand towel with you, but you don't soak it in the bath. You keep it out of the water. Yeah. Shouldn't be touching the water at all. So a lot of people put it on their heads. Yep. You'll see it like rolled up and then just draped over somebody's head. I think sometimes they get it wet in the shower. Like they'll put warm water on the, in the shower. So that you have warm towel on your head when you're in the onsen. But yeah. don't dip it in the onsen to get it warm. Yeah. As long as it's not wet enough that there's like water dripping down into the onsen. That, you don't want that either. Right. Basically, the hand towel is considered unclean. You don't want it in the water that everybody's bathing in. Yeah. So, yeah, you can put it on your head. You can set it off to the side. 
just outside the water on the edge of the bath or something. And same with your hair. You don't want your hair touching the water either. So if you have long hair, you can wrap it up in a towel, put it on top of your head, and you don't want to dunk your head under the water ever. Yeah, no one, no one goes past their neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is a place to relax and purify your body. So, you know, just be respectful of others. Don't make a bunch of noise. You can at least like have a quiet conversation with somebody sitting next to you or something, but you know, just be aware of your surroundings. Don't be the guy making a bunch of noise. Yeah, I've heard kids can get away with a little splashing, making a little noise because they're kids, but sure. adults, adults don't do that in an own sense. Yeah, you might get some looks. Yeah. Uh, don't drink. Like if places are aware that you've been drinking, they won't let you in. And for your own safety too, you know, I feel like most hot tubs have a sign that says like, if you've been drinking, don't go in there because it can be dangerous. Yeah, every hot tub I've ever seen. Yep. Also, don't bring in any glass. Glass is bad near a pool. Yep. And no electronics. You don't want to be bringing in your phone or a camera. Yeah. Doesn't matter if your phone is waterproof. It shouldn't be in there. No. (laughs) Okay. So you're sitting and soaking, you're observing all the proper etiquette, and maybe you decided you're done. What, what do you, how do you get out of there, Paul? How do you go from sitting in the bath to walking out the door? Well, there's one thing you're not going to want to do, and that's take another shower. Don't rinse off the onsen water, because then the minerals won't get their full effect on your body. Yeah, got to get those healing effects. But you can take a shower if you want to. Everyone's just going to look at you like, yeah, maybe you're just an doesn't idiot. get it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. do what you want, you know? Yep. So you're going to get up, get out of the bath. You're going to use that hand towel that has perhaps been sitting on top of your head to quick try to wipe off as much water as you can before you walk back into the uh, changing area. Yeah, just so you're not dripping everywhere you go. Yep. And then you're going to want to use that full size towel that you left by your clothes. Use that to fully dry off and then get dressed. And you might get dressed in your own clothes, or someone send might provide a yukata, a nice light summer kimono kind of thing that you can relax in before you leave. Because some places, like it's not like you're done bathing and then they're just going to kick you out. Like, okay, you're done. Go home. Some places might have other stuff to help you relax even more. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Take your time. There might be a rest area with comfy couches or even massage chairs help you relax. They might be offering refreshing drinks. I saw that particularly popular ones are fruit milk. Okay. I don't, you, I don't know what that is. You never had fruit milk? I mean, you've had like strawberry milk in elementary school. Wasn't that one of the options? Yeah. Is that fruit milk? I think that counts as fruit milk. Okay. I've had banana milk in Japan. That stuff's super good, actually. Okay. Yeah, after an onsen, apparently fruit milk is popular. Also, coffee milk. Uh, they might have water, tea, sports drinks. Some onsen will actually bottle the hot spring water, and you can drink that. Oh. Get those minerals even inside you instead of just out on your skin, you know? Hopefully not the radium onsen. And hopefully not the water that people have been bathing in. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Used bath water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's still good. Don't worry about it. Everybody showered yeah, before they yeah. got in. It's, all, it's clean. No one, no towels touch the water. Yeah. Uh, also, Paul, have you ever heard of onsen eggs? 
Uh, soft boiled eggs. Is that what we're talking about? They're eggs that have been cooked in the hot spring. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of those. Yeah. That'd be cool. Sure. <laughs> oh, not for Paul. You know, not an egg person, but it's interesting that you can cook an egg in there. Yeah. I guess that goes to show don't soak too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, once you are sufficiently relaxed, get in your clothes and head on out. And you can pat yourself on the back for having a successful, non-embarrassing trip to the onsen. Awesome. So, Jason, I've got a problem. What's your problem, Paul? I got a solution for you. I've got tattoos. Oh. <laughs> well, that's, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help you with that one? <laughs> yeah, a lot of onsen, most onsen even won't allow you in if you have tattoos. Why is that? Well, tattoos in Japan are associated with the Yakuza, Japanese organized crime. They have like these big, really elaborate back tattoos and stuff. They're cool looking tattoos, but you know, it would make people uncomfortable if they're bathing and they see a guy sitting over in the corner with tons of tattoos on him. Like that guy's up to no good. Yeah. And I saw that as of 2015, about 56% of onsen banned tattoos. Yeah. I did hear, though, that 30% of onsen say they allow tattoos. Okay. So you got almost a third chance. Yeah. And then another 13% say they would grant access to a tattooed guest under the right conditions. Yeah. Such as maybe covering up your tattoos. Yeah, or it seems like a lot of places kind of have more lax restrictions when it comes to foreigners because they know that you know around the world people like tattoos and they're not associated with crime. Right, right. If you've got like a tattoo on your back, a small one, and you're not a Japanese-looking person, they're probably not going to think you're Yakuza. Yeah. So if you have tattoos and you want to go to an onsen, do a little Googling. There, there are so many lists online of places that are tattoo-friendly. It's not hard to find a place that you can visit. Yeah, there's some notable onsen towns that are tattoo-friendly. Yep. And it seems to be increasing that way, just due to cultural trends and increasing tourism and more and more foreigners having tattoos. It's just starting to change because they're chasing the dollars. I want to go spend my money at an onsen. Someone's going to take it. Yep. But I thought that was an interesting note. Yeah, definitely. No, still culturally conservative in a lot of ways in Japan. That is true. Did you want to talk a little bit more about these supposed medical benefits that we've been mentioning? Yeah, we've been uh, alluding to them here and there. And mm -hmm. I think I gave my skepticism a little bit on them earlier. Yeah. So onsen are said to help with all sorts of things. And actually, these medical benefits have been studied since the 1700s even. Interesting. But I think I read when they first started studying them, they were talking about like energy flow and that kind of thing. Like not super scientific. Yeah. Oh, you know it's what I'm affecting saying? your chi or whatever. Right, right. So some of the claims are that onsen can help boost blood circulation, lower blood pressure, reduce stress. I believe that one. Promote sleep, relieve pain from arthritis, heal skin problems. I mean, all sorts of stuff. And a lot of onsen will even have signs telling you like specifically what minerals are in the water and what exactly they're supposed to help with. And, you know, to me personally, some of it makes sense. The reduced stress, like sure, relaxing in a hot bath, you know, it's relaxing. I could see maybe lowering blood pressure, like I think heat expands your blood vessels. I don't know. 
I'm not a doctor. I'm not either. I'm kind of with you on that. Like I'm skeptical about like minerals being in the water, really having an impact on your health. Yeah. But stress is certainly bad for health. Mm -hmm. Um, and heat is good for treating inflammation. Mm -hmm. So if you're sore or if you're stressed, it owns send, I could definitely see actually helping you out. Yeah. Promoting sleep too. I okay. think I'd feel like I got a better sleep after sitting in a known send for a while. Okay, yeah. But yeah, some of some of the other stuff. I saw that there haven't been a ton of studies done on this kind of stuff, but the ones that have been done maybe didn't have the best methodology. It's difficult doing studies like that because you got control for every other factor in someone's life. Right, right. Yeah, that's hard to do. Yeah. But like ones that say that they can prevent aging and disease. Yeah, come like, on, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, I think the owner of that owns said never would have died. They'd be 500 years old now. And we'd all know about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what I would say is just use common sense, use some critical thinking and take claims with a grain of salt if they seem like they're overreaching a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, just keep in mind, it's all, it's all kind of like folklore a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which is the nice cultural aspect. That don't take it as a scientific yeah. thing. Yeah. Especially when they start talking about quote unquote energy blockages or quote unquote toxins. Like those are the kind of words that you see a lot in, in the US even in you know different types of scam products. Yeah, I've got <laughs> some trying... snake oil here for right. you. It'll right. it'll right. detox your body and yeah. everything else good for you. So we just talked about medical benefits. What about possible medical risks? Yeah, there are some risks. As there are, I mean, just even just in any in. kind of hot tub, right. hot tubs have risks. It's going to be similar. Yeah, so one of them is heat overexposure. Just be careful not to stay in there too long. And contrary to the claim that uh, onsen lower blood pressure, onsen can actually aggravate high blood pressure and heart disease too. Yeah, if you're already sick or already have a bad heart, you need to be careful. Mm -hmm. And I saw some people recommend don't soak as deep. Don't get up to your neck. You know, stay like mid-chest if you have heart problems. Okay. Don't enter an onsen with open cuts or sores. Same thing with like a pool or anywhere else. It could lead to infection. But most onsen I don't think have chlorine in them. Yeah. So you maybe be even more susceptible to an infection if you had an open cut on your body. Right. Some onsen do use chlorine these days, but not a lot of them. And there are some infectious diseases that can survive in hot water still. Actually, in, I believe it was the very early 2000s, Legionella bacteria was found in some onsen with poor sanitation. And some people did actually get sick. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. So since then, regulations have been put in place to prevent that from happening. So yeah. Just something to be aware of, you know, if you have open cuts and sores and stuff, might not want to go into an onsen, but I don't want people thinking that there's a bunch of bacteria in all onsen either. Like as long as they're keeping it clean and everything, and like I said, they have those regulations, you're extremely unlikely to have any problems. Yeah. Most onsen that aren't chlorinated are getting cleaned every day. Yeah. So they're, they're fine. Yeah. So as long as you're using the onsen properly, bathing thoroughly before you go in there, not going in with any cuts, not putting your head underwater, you're going to be fine. I'm sold. I want to experience an onsen. Do it. 
and I'm going to Japan. Where should I go? To an onsen. All right. <laughs> There's 3,000 of them. Which one should I go to? The one that's nearest to you. Okay. At any given moment. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, they really are everywhere. Like, you don't need to go to any special town or anything. I mean, you can. If there's a specific onsen town you want to check out, we've mentioned a few of them in past episodes. Beppu mm-hmm. is, uh, they have a bunch of different types of onsen that sound pretty fun. Speaking of Beppu, the whole island of Kyushu is known for onsen. Yeah. So they're going to be all over the place down there. Yeah. And they got those volcanoes down there too that yep. we talked about. Go, kind of goes hand in hand. Yep. Hakone is known to have a lot of good onsen. Nobori Betsu up in Hokkaido. Yeah, and if you're into skiing or snowboarding, a lot of the ski resorts have onsen attached to them. So you can ski all day and then go take hot spring baths at night. That sounds so great. I know. We should do that. Yeah, we should. We got to go to Japan in the summer and hike Mount Fuji. Mm -hmm. And then we got to go back in the winter and snowboard and onsen. That's a plan. All right, let's do it. Indeed. Well, I think that's all I got. You got anything else, Paul? Nope. Nope. That's it. All right. Guess that's the end of the episode. If you want to reach out to us, tell us how we did on this episode or any other episode, or maybe request an episode, you can send an email to feedback at sightseeingjapanpodcast.com. And if you could spare a moment to maybe go to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you found the podcast, Give us a nice little review and or rating. That would be super awesome of you. You'd really, really appreciate it. And now that I'm done with my spiel, Paul, what is uh, our next episode going to be about? Next episode is about Fushimi Inari, the shrine of 10,000 gates in Kyoto. Beautiful place. It's a fascinating and beautiful place. It should be a really great episode. Yeah, one of the most famous shrines in all of Japan. You've been there a couple times. You've got some good Fushimi Inari stories, I think. Maybe. We, we'll we definitely had fun when we went there together. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was really cool. Yeah. So we'll get into that on the next episode. Yep. Thanks for listening. See you next time.